If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 Genesis Invitational and Thailand Classic Tips Podcast. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org. For more information, and of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, strokes gained analysis for the Genesis Invitational, tournament form statistics, and we've got PGA Tour and DP World Tour predictor models. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. We're on Twitter. Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. If you do listen to this podcast on the YouTube channel, please press the like button because it all helps uh, push that channel in the right direction. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. We've had a review, chaps. We've got one to read out. I will say again... We're quite low on reviews, so if you could spend the time this week sending us a five-star review, like uh, we've got this <laughs> this guy here. He's our biggest fan in Tennessee. He, he he took the time last week to write us a review, so that's great. Um, so, yeah, if you could do that, it'd be great. Like being at the pub is the title. Five stars. Gents, I love the show. It's fun and informative. Like hanging out with my favourite foursome at the pub. Keep up the great work. Your biggest fan in Tennessee. P.S. Xander will win the Masters this year. And that is from MCT777. Our biggest fan in Tennessee. Fantastic. I love that. I'm, I'm totally with everything he says except for the Masters. We're, we're, we're kind of on the Homa train for the Masters. <laughs> but otherwise, look. Not the Xander train. No, not yet. <laughs> I have to be convinced otherwise. His drop was a bit funky last week, wasn't it? Mm. I thought it was. I thought the 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 one that um Scheffler got on sixteen where he was allowed to take his first drop so close that if the ball bounced and moved like an inch or two backwards, he was going to get to place it because he'd get too close to the yeah. the stand with a swing. Like the, why is the ref not why is there not a rule that says you have to take like extra distance away so if the ball does bounce like let's say up to a club length from where it drops you're still outside of the zone of being able to hit the the stands but that means he doesn't get yeah. to place it yeah just move, move the angle slightly perhaps it was very clever i mean it was clever by him he used the rules perfectly yeah that ball, so. ball just kept hopping backwards didn't it? yeah so. oh no look it's bouncing backwards <laughs> yeah, place it. I'll, I'll, I'll just i'll just pick it and place it right here yeah, fantastic up and down in the end, though. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's that's what broke Nick Taylor in the end. 
Sheffer, he's so solid. Oh my god, it never looked like he was going to be anybody else's. Mm. Did you did you get that feeling at all on Sunday night? Not well. It, it's, it's kind of reminiscent. Well, clearly reminiscent of uh, you know how he was playing twelve months ago, and uh, kind of lost that for a bit. Um, latter or mid middle part, latter end of last year, but uh, well, back to world number one now. Um, rightly or wrongly, playing some great stuff. I've never known a system whereby, or a time in golf where, <clears throat> yeah, world number one's being handed around every week. Mm. It's, all, it's almost becoming meaningless. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I think that's good. It just shows you where where golf's at. You got you got high quality players that are so so close in talent. Scheffler's like that, isn't he? It's like when he wins that world match play. It's like every game. It's like oh, no one's getting close to the guy. Mm. He just he just seems to. If he has a bad hole, he miraculously scrambles, gets up and down, par, and yep. the next shot, you know, it's to two feet and he's popping in a birdie or an eagle. Mm. His Masters win was very much like that. I know mm. Cam Smith was the, was hanging around with him, but it was all too easy for Sheffler, really. Yeah, and yeah. his short game was immense as well. And, uh, mm. When he pieces it all together, he is well, he's a fantastic player, as simple as that. What about Ricky then? I thought it was a good week. It's it's disappointing on Sunday to to not have a round as deep scoring as the the guys who finished right at the very top. But mm. like for me, he got a place. I I went with the twelve places on three six five, so I was okay with that. Um, yeah, I mean the swing the swing looks great. Off the tee is his issue at the moment, but you know if he can figure that out, wow! Like the be hard to you know you think the win could be coming yeah he's not a million miles away is he and we were all on him last week so well, you were the only one to have the foresight to actually take enough places to uh, to get a return on him um steve and i just missed out having gone eight places each way but um it, no, well after we made that ace early on in the final round it, uh, it looked like we you know, something magical could happen from there. You know, I, I, we're having a conversation over the weekend, and I s said to you, Barry, that you know, I'd, I'd want Fowler, you know, four shots. I'd <laughs> ideally, but four shots off the lead it gives him a chance because he's the kind of player that can go out and shoot a fantastic low round with you know, a little bit of the pressure off, and uh, and, and potentially come through and, uh, and and win a tournament like that, but. Still, just too many little mistakes, as you say, off the tee. There's that wild drive that was OB, and a few too many five or six footers missed over the course of uh, you know, the, the weekend and the week, really. So, mm. and he was still Not positive, five. still positive for strokes game putting by by a good mm. margin. He was plus one for the week, so yeah. There's um. We're trying not to get overhyped here. Let's just cool it down for a second. He has to. It's it's good to see him back, and it's good to see Jason Day back as well. Seemingly injury free, mm. like they're they're interesting golfers to watch. So, uh, yep. Very happy. That's uh, that's where we're at right now. Yep. No, can't argue with that. And you got a bit of uh, Sung Jae Im back, Steve, in the end. For uh, I wasn't. I wasn't overly place. happy with last week. I had three players right in the mix, and ended up with a slither of each way returns. Just. It's the kind of week that does your head in, really. Mm. <coughs> I'm just looking at where Ricky could win coming up. 
I know Barry's got some thoughts for this week. He seems to play the Honda Classic every year. He's actually won that. Yeah. He's good at Bay Hill. Yeah, he likes a classical track, doesn't he? And he's also played last three or four years, the week before the Masters. Mm. I mean, he hasn't played the Masters recently, so he's had two 17th place finishes at the Valero Texas Open. See, that to me is where speed came back a few a couple of years ago, wasn't it? I was on him that week. He actually broke that winless run. Yeah. That Valero Texas Open where it's a weaker field, less pressure. Mm. I know Butch Harmon, he's absolutely confident that Ricky wins this season. Yep. He's picking your poison. And the trouble is, you'll get to the Valero Texas Open and Rick, Ricky Fowler will be 25 to 1. And everyone will be going, I'm backing Ricky Fowler at 25 to 1. People will get price proud, and guess what happens? Ricky comes in at 25 to 1. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, at the, I mean, the last two events with, um, with Tari Pines and just a week on, I'm free rolling on them at this stage. So. I'm, I'm going to light him up again this week. Oh, especially at the price. Mm. Why wouldn't you? He's got Spoiler bigger. Alert, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. But that's just testament to the quality of the field, isn't it? Mm. I'm not going to talk about it. I suppose let's let's talk about yours as well. We had I I managed to get Marcel Schneider on an each way spot last week. Yeah, you did. Singapore. Yeah, yeah. What happened to this tough technical golf course that you were? No, it's going to be like TPC Sawgrass from 2007, apparently. And then they were <laughs> shooting nine under in round one. It was going to be like Valderrama on steroids. Yeah, the beast wasn't quite so the beastly beast. after all, was it? The beast like was the... European toured. <laughs> it was a bit more like the pussycat than the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there were soft conditions, made it more scorable. But if you put into context that the previous course record was 67, then 16 players equaled or bettered that on the first day alone. Mm. I mean, that's just Crazy. ludicrous, isn't it? But yeah, Oki Stradham and shot 63 on Sunday to win. That's his second win in just six starts. He won at Leopard Creek back in December and... Um, had been really off the boil since. I listened to an interview afterwards and he said that his game had just kind of fallen to pieces after that and uh, he had a really bad week last week and pulled his uh, pulled his coaching and you know, whatever they did, whatever they worked on, got him into contention. Then he went and shot nine under on Sunday and won. I mean, simple as that. Uh, but yeah, two, two quick fire wins for Oki. Um, and uh, you know his his career has taken a massive upward upwards uh, upwards trajectory in the last few weeks. Yeah, not nothing doing for mine. Well done on uh, uh, Schneider. Got that lovely eagle on the last to to sneak into the places, which was good. Um, yeah, Adrian Otegu is my biggest hope. He, uh, I don't know. He, he wasn't quite on the pace all week. He shot a sixty six to close, which. Uh, Kind of improved his overall finishing position, but nowhere near the places in the end. And yeah, I, you write it off. It, Nineteen under wasn't what I was expecting by any stretch. I don't think any of the kind of observers of golf and those had done um, a reasonable amount of homework on last week expected the scoring to be anywhere near as deep as that, even in the even in the conditions. So uh, yeah, resign that one to the uh, waste paper basket, shall we? If they play there next year, you know what'll happen, don't you? You'll, you'll oh, it'll say, be oh, like and all of a sudden three, it'll be yeah. like the beast again. Yeah. 
Yeah, five yeah. five under will win. Yeah, I I can imagine if it was firm, fast, um, or a bit of wind, then you would quickly revert back to yeah. back to those kind of scores. But yeah, as you said, it would been uh, been European toured or DP World toured. Right. Before we move on to this week, we have two events. Of course, the huge Genesis Invitational, where Tiger Woods returns. And we've also got the Thailand Classic on the DP World Tour. Just wanted to mention uh, Bet365-sponsored majors competition. There is a link in the description of this podcast. This is the last week of the West Coast Swing. We move to Florida, chaps, next uh Mm. Next week, and once you get to Florida, you can almost see Augusta over the horizon. So uh, get your entries in for the majors competition. That would be fantastic. Also, I want to mention Bookmaker of the Week got to focus really on the Genesis Invitational, uh, the PGA Tour Golf Action. Bet365, as ever, each way extra markets available, which give you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the Genesis Invitation. As Barry said earlier, he's he used the 12 places each way market for Ricky Fowler. Uh, Paul and I decided to take the eight places each way market, and we ended up with no return whatsoever, and Barry <laughs> ended up with a return. So this is the this is the beauty of it. You can choose what you want to do. Uh, again, like a like an absolute plum that I am, I've used the eight places each way at Fifth Odds Market specifically this week. Now, as I record this podcast, they are offering market best odds and eight places each way. On listen to this, guys. You've got McElroy at 10 to 1, JT at 16s, Xander and Tony at 18 to 1, Max Homer, the Genesis Hogan's Alley Whisperer at 20 to 1. Colin Morikara, 22 to 1. Patrick Cantley and Victor Hovland at 28 to 1. And Ricky Fowler is 75 to 1, eight places each way, a quarter, uh, 50 odds with each way extra. He's as short as 40 to 1 with Paddy Power right now. We recommend Bet365. If you are, on eight, if you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet 10 pounds. Get £50 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code SPORT50 when registering. 75-1 to on Ricky Mm. Fowler this week. You have to say that is a tempting bet, especially, and I'm going to start in a different position this week. Bearing in mind, this tournament's always loaded. It's always got a high-quality field. Genesis Invitational winners and their odds. 75 to 1, Wacky Neiman last year on a Monday show. 75 to 1. Homer, 60 to 1. Scott, 33 to 1. Holmes, 150 to 1. Bubba Watson, when he won this for the third time, was 50 to 1. If I go back uh, in time, back to when they split the PGA Tour, it's a 71 to 1 odds average of the winner. And if you go back to 2010, 81 to 1 is the average winning price of this event. There's only been one winner at single-digit odds, and that was Dustin Johnson in 2017. I was on board 9 to 1. 
So someone like a Ricky Fowler at 75 to 1 is in a particularly sweet spot this week. Particularly sweet in terms of betting odds. We are playing the Riviera Country Club. Uh, pretty much, you know, this is a week, year in, year out tournament. 7,322 yards. A lot of people will know the details. I classify this as a classical golf course. I also classify it as medium in length. 7,322 yards as a par 71. No water in play. Fairways are Kikuya grass. The rough is Kikuya grass, two inches in length. The greens are quite large, 7,500 square feet. They feature Poana. So the, the initial, you know, the thing that just jumped straight off the page, Poana greens. Kikuya glass, rough and fairways. Very, very similar setup to what we get at Torrey Pines. I grab my sheet. <clears throat> Wacky Neiman had finished sixth at Torrey Pines before winning this. Max Homer had finished ninth, and then, of course, last couple of couple of weeks ago, went on to win at Torrey Pines. Adam Scott finished second at Torrey Pines, has won this. JB Holmes has had a second, a fourth, and a sixth at Torrey Pines. Won this at 150 to 1. So that link between Torrey Pines and here is absolutely cast iron. Very, very strong. Quite a um it's a clear clear an old style classical golf course. It's actually a Fazio redesign. We have a Tom Fazio variable in the predictor model this week so if you want to look at players that have played best on fazio courses over the last five years go to the predictor model just click on the fazio throttle and uh, you can see players that have got a great fazio record very undulating you know there's there's connotations here with with augusta undoubtedly but it tends to boil down to the player that plays best around the 12 looks at the par fives this week. Very, very strong correlation between those that, that absolutely scored superbly on the par fives and the actual winners here. So it might be worth a squeak at looking at some kind of par five scoring numbers. The only one that bucked that trend, you won't be surprised here, was J.B. Holmes in 2019. But Wacky Neiman last year, he I mean, he shot an incredible 19-under, which I think was a tournament record. He shot 10-under on the par fives. Max Homer shot 11-under on the par fives and won with an 11-under total. So, no. It's 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 dominating the par fives this week. That's ultimately the key. We also worked through Barry, didn't we? We think that this golf course suits a cut. When you ran through the holes earlier, just a quick eye a test. Left, a left to right shot. Show. Sorry, yeah, man. for risk of being for risk of being corrected. Yeah, it looked, it looked the eye tests. I'm just looking at it. It feels like a fade is a little bit more comfy off the tee. <clears throat> Mm. <coughs> how many guys hit, to add how many guys on? out there though how many guys out there hit a big draw anymore well these days this is the point isn't it not, not very few like <coughs> most have run to a stock shot haven't they in the fade that, yeah, control. a baby fade like that little 
just five yard, ten yard bleeder. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of the holes are relatively straight, aren't they? So if you, I don't think straight is a is a bad bad place to be here. But then you look at Bubba, who's um, who doesn't doesn't play a straight shot, and he's got a fantastic record here, hasn't he? So I think there's plenty of different ways to to navigate your way around here. Um, you know, perhaps a bit of imagination doesn't doesn't hurt. But um, but yeah, if you've got a straight player who's finding fairways, then uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, I mean that's a terrible starting point. I do say in my commentary where Phoenix last week tends to be more of a bombers golf course. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler one. He's hardly sure. You can gain strokes off the tee this week by being moderately long and dead straight. Mm. So. I, th- I think short players are in play, but you know, even though you, you say that, I mean, Neiman, Homer, Scott, Holmes, Bubba Watson, Dustin Johnson, they tend to be within the top 40 to 50 for driving distance, season in, season out, those names. Yeah. Well, they did when they were playing on the uh, PJ Tour in the case of um, Wacky Neiman. I think Hall, you know, fairly long off the tee, eyeball flight. That, that that's can't be a bad look this week. Um, correlating courses, it's, it's fairly obvious. Just just go for other classical courses. Um, as we've already said, Torrey Pines, Muirfield Village, where they play Jack's Tournament, um, Colonial Country Club. Uh, they play that in the Texas Swing. There's definitely a link with Quail Hollow. JB Holmes has won at Quail. Max Homer's won at Quail. Adam Scott's had a third at Quail. Now, none of this is earth-shattering. Um, yeah. And if you look at Homer, he'd finished fifth here before he won. Scott had finished first, second and second before he won the second time. And JB Holmes had a third, a sixth, a seventh and an eighth. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty guilt-edged stuff. Wacky Neiman, ha- Neiman didn't have a top ten, but I think he'd, fin- he'd been second or third after 36 holes in 2021 before winning in 2022. So he'd shown signs that he liked the golf course. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised as well as well. I looked at the TPC Potomac leaderboard from last year and there was a lot of favourable names in there. The first being Max Homer, who we were all on that week. Um, I think Rory finished fourth. There was a lot of players that you've seen at the top of leaderboards here at Riviera and that TPC Potomac renewal of, of the uh, Wells Fargo last year. So I don't think that's a bad look because that was a relatively claustrophobic, mid, mid-length, mid tough driving golf course. Uh, and it was particularly high scoring that way because I think Homer won at six or seven under. Yeah. Um, in terms of conditions, it's going to be pretty standard. <clears throat> I've been saying this for weeks, but wind finder for whatever does not seem to be able to actually pick up a wind forecast at the moment. I mean, it said it was going to be quiet at Phoenix last week and all of a sudden it was gusting 30 miles an hour on on Thursday. Mm. Um, This week, again, it's saying calm. But what we have had here, and this came through on the Greenkeeper sheet, they've had masses of rain here over January and February. So I'm, I'm not getting overly excited about this is going to be one of those tournaments where they drive it off the tee and the ball stops on the fairways. I don't think we're going to see that because it hasn't, it hasn't rained here 
for a good two to three weeks. But that level of rain that they've had, which was supposedly historical levels of rain in January up to the middle of February, must have had a longer term impact on that golf course. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a little bit lusher and a little bit um, softer than we tend to see here, because it can get very, very quick around this golf course. Mm. And there was um, apparently the risk of a shower today, Tuesday as well. That happened last year with Neiman. I think they had literally about six or seven mils on the Tuesday, building up to the Thursday start. Just took the fire out of the course, and he goes and shoots 63, 63 across Thursday and Friday Yeah, to be sitting there at 16 under (laughs) (laughs) going into the weekend. Yeah, and then does, Bitty does pretty help. much just sat there and played par golf, one at nineteen under par. No yeah, one can get close to the bloke. Just tread water from there, kind of. Yeah. Right, I've gone for five this week, and I've gone for price points that are twenty-two to one, thirty to one, thirty-five, seventy-five, and ninety. And I don't, you know, <clears throat> I'm struggling to chase one of the real shorties this week with a historical record that we see at this uh, tournament year in, year out. My first bet, and I've and I've been here so bloody many times before, and Paul, you, you love doing this, don't you? you? You bang up a player one week and then you leave him the next and lo and behold, the guy just turns up and wins. Oh yeah, well, I nearly oh, so got the I, I nearly got the uh, week after I was transatlantic transatlantic <laughs> double last week. Sammy Valamaki and Nick Taylor, I'd back the week before, both uh, right in the mix, both events. That would have broken me, I think. I've gone for Colin Morikara again. He was second here last year. He's just he just to me is the sort that could win this. I mean, I'm looking at our strokes gained analysis, which is available in the description box. Cam Young at one, Victor Hovland at two, Max Homer three, Scott four. He's had 28 rounds around here, Adam Scott, and he sits fourth for strokes gained total. That's crazy. Uh, These numbers go back to 2016, don't they, Paul? John Rahm, five. Wyndham Clark, six. Xander, seven. Patrick Cantlay, eight. Colin Morikara, nine. Rory McIlroy, ten. So that's strokes going total. Ranks in this field at Riviera Country Club since 2016. And it's just... I, I get the feeling with Morikara. He must be getting... It must be frustrating. You know, it'd be interesting to see what comes out of this Netflix documentary because Morikawa was on there. This was a guy that hit the scene. He was winning WGCs. He won a major, you know, in pretty much his first season on the PGA Tour. He's won the Open, but he hasn't won now for going on 16 months. That's the kind of player I'm looking for this week. Someone that hasn't won for a while, an elite player that must have all eyes just purely set on performing to the, his maximum ability this week. There's none of this, oh, Augusta's around the corner, not sure you know, about peaking for that. Any, anything to do with that. Morikawa just wants to win. 
And yeah, he's not the longest off the tee, but what Morikawa is, and I think that's what suits him here, he's absolutely arrow straight. He's medium in length. Um, I probably miscalculated putting him up last week at Phoenix, which is more of a bomber's course. I think this is going to suit him far more. And even last week, he was still very, very positive off the tee, very, very positive on approach. And typically with Colin, <laughs> he was absolutely atrocious around the greens and couldn't putt for Toffee. Missed the cut. But, you know, that's yeah. Phoenix. That's that's people screaming at you and hurling abuse at you. And that might not suit Colin. That This week, back to a standard golf tournament on a course that, <laughs> that he's got plenty of experience on. He's, he was born in Los Angeles. So there you go. You, you've even got that local tie. He's an LA guy. Doing well here this week, I think, is something that's going to be very, very important to him. And don't forget, a winner at Muirfield Village and TPC Harding Park up at San Francisco in 2020. He gets on well with Poana. Wasn't he third or fourth the other week at Torrey Pines, which for me, I think mm. at 7-7, seven, seven is ultimately a bit too long for Morikawa. Yeah, yeah. I think this is right right in his wheelhouse, mate. Mm. Right in his wheelhouse. And actually, you look at a lot of those wins. I mean, he won the Open off of finishing, I think it was like 69th the week before at the Scottish Open. He doesn't mind doing badly the week before and then winning the week after. That's something that it, that is a pattern with Colin Morikawa. So yeah, twenty two yeah, to one I got, and I was quite happy with that price. We bet three six five eight places each way. Yeah, he's got, he's got that habit of finding a way to correct what the uh, issue was the week before, um, and quickly correct it, and then uh, come back. He's a top quality player, isn't he, Morikawa? There's there's no question of that whatsoever. Hmm. Another player I remember here, and I've gone for him as my second price. Again, these are all with bet three, six, five, eight place each way, so I won't, I won't keep repeating myself. I got thirty to one on Sam Burns, and I can remember Sam Burns here two years ago, doing um, a kind of wacky Neiman and leading by five going into Saturday. It was just interesting with Burns last week, wasn't he? On a golf course that he had absolutely no history on, Scottsdale. Yep. All of a sudden, Saturday. Bang, 64, 68 on the Sunday. If you actually queue up those two scores, he tied with Justin Thomas and Nick Taylor for the best weekend scoring. So, yeah, Sam Burns. Again, another a player that, for me, will be hungry. The other thing I like about Burns is you look where he's won. Twice at Copperhead, par 71, medium length, 7,300 yards plus. He's won twice there. That, again, is a tough golf course, Copperhead. And he seemed to navigate round there and just win those two tournaments. And last year, his last win, May 2022, he stared down Scotty Scheffler in a playoff and won at Colonial Country Club. So for me, tree-lined, old-style courses is where Burns actually comes to the party. He's far more of a classical... Well, his results so far are far more classical positive than they are desert golf positive. Hmm. So yeah, I thought thirty to. I mean, he's been found out. He was fifty-five to one, I believe, last week at Scottsdale. They've pretty much halved his price. But thirty to one, in, in you know, on a tournament where thirty-three to one winners are more than live, I'm I'm quite happy to take Burns at thirty to one. And then I've got another one at that kind of price point. I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is wrong. But for me, Jordan Spieth 
when he can move the ball both ways. And he's been talking recently now that he's so confident in the swing that he's built over the last two years. He can hit controlled fades. He can hit controlled draws. And it was just noticeable last week that Spieth's approach play was unbelievable. He just could not make a putt. His record here isn't exactly stellar when you look at it, but there's still enough in there to say that he can play this golf course. He's had a fourth and a ninth in 10 appearances. He's had a couple more top 15s, and there's a lot of years where he's actually been right in the mix and fallen away, and that's when he was slashing it round. He had a, he was sixth after 54 holes, finished 12th in 2014. Fourth after 54 holes in 2019 when his game really was struggling. Uh, so fourth going into Sunday, finished 51st. There's a lot of these kind of results. I mean, even last year, he was fourth after 36 holes, finished 26. I think Spieth, if he brings his driving and ball-striking game that he had yes, last week in Scottsdale, I could see Spieth right at the top of the leaderboard this week at 35-1. to 1. Yeah. And we, we said this off mic... You look at Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson was probably the ultimate player of this golf course over the years. Bubba loves it, loves Riviera. Where does he play well? He plays well at Augusta. Jordan Spieth played well at Augusta? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> he plays He plays well, uh, Bubba used to play well when he was on the tour, at TPC River Highlands, the Travellers. Well, Jordan Spieth won the Travellers. Yeah? And, you know, he just plays Bubba golf courses... Well, yeah, yeah, I can see that. What about Adam Scott? Brilliant, like really, you know, solid Masters record, a Masters winner. He's missed the cut. Absolutely. I'm just looking here. He's missed the cut twice uh, since 2002 in the Masters. Mm. <coughs> Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Should we be backing Adam Scott this week? No, don't do it. Don't do it. He'll just he'll break your heart. Good price. I know. He's an each way bet, Scott, isn't he? I mean, there's his worst bets this week than Adam Scott each way. Well, I was going to wait and keep my power to drive, but I've backed Adam Scott. There you 66 go. 66 to 1. What a segue that was. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> T jump well. I think, I, I think he's still competitive on the right course, personally. Yeah. Mm. Um, 20th at the Sony Open, wasn't he? Um, I think this suits much better than the Sony Open, personally. Twice a winner here. Um, you go back all the way to Nissan Open back in 2005. Um, won this a couple of years, or well, three years ago, didn't he? As, uh, as the Genesis, fourth last year. Um, should have won that Aussie Open back in December. He was second in the end. But out of 66 to 1 for an each-way chance, I thought it was worth, uh, worth taking for a player that's shown some competitive enough form recently and fantastic course record and as you say there's that kind of correlation that s- seems to marry up with Augusta and uh, you know th- these same players who play well at the same courses um, it, it all seems to fit together let's, let's hope he doesn't break my heart Barry eh? hope not so, it's, I mean it, the bet's so it's so logical I mean all every, all things point towards placing the bet on him hmm Somebody explain to me, would anybody ever take 66 to 1, five places, one quarter the odds, when there's 66 to 1, eight places, one fifth the odds available? Personally, no. No. There's, there's, there's calculations you can make if there's a significant differential, but, um, but three places for the 
difference one, between one a point. quarter and a fifth. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, for me. It's the it's, it's the eight place option, which is yeah, exactly the way that I've done Adam Scott this week. I, I I can't I can't take Scott in events where he's a twenty eight to one shot in a in a in a poor field, but in a major or a tournament of this ilk, he and we said this about Justin Rose, although that this got that this that actually goes against the argument because he actually won at twenty five to one in an awful field at Pebble Beach the other week. But for me, there's value in backing a Rose at a major or a Scott at a major or a Scott around something like this because you just know at an each way price. They can place, mm. and they do place. Yeah. So you know, for an insurance each way bet, it's it's not a bad shot. He Adam Scott is sixty six to one right now, eight places each way, on the um, bet three six five each way extra. Yep. Not a bad bet in my in my in my humble opinion. Uh, two more for me. I know Barry's itching to get in, although, you know, spoiler alert, we've already told you who he's backing. But I've got 75 to 1 on Keegan Bradley. He seems to play well on power. I mean, he's had a fourth, a fifth, and a second at Torrey Pines. That second was a few mm. weeks ago. Yeah. He's also had an additional four top 25 finishes at Torrey Pines. That's crazy. So he seems to be okay with the Kikuyu. Power mix. I can remember when he was at the peak of his powers. He was first and second at Firestone South, that long tree line past 70 up in Ohio that they used to play the WGC at. He's had a second at River, TPC River Highlands, remember, Bubba Watson, Jordan Speed. So there's plenty there to kind of think, well, this should suit him. Um, and then you go back to 2011, 2015, and that for me is when Bradley was at the peak of his powers, winning majors, the PGA. And since then, of course, he he went into this kind of up and down mode where you know, he went for months, if not years, with very little positivity. But right now, he's 21st in the world. That is the highest he's been in the world rankings since 2014. No, he... He's he's a, he's in an automatic spot right now for the Ryder Cup for Team USA. He's he's had a real renaissance, and if you go back to when he was truly at the peak of his powers, he was second, sixteenth, twentieth, and fourth here across twenty eleven to fifteen. Four appearances: second, sixteenth, twentieth, fourth. So you'd look at his recent history here, which isn't great, and think, well, he can't play the course. But then you look at that and you think, well, when he was actually playing proper elite level golf. He was he was contending here pretty much every year. Yeah. So I just thought seventy five to one about Keegan Bradley, eight places each way with bet three six five was a bit disrespectful, and I've just noticed he's sixty six to one now with bet three yeah. six five eight places. Been each nibbled, way. So he's, he's nibbled been nibbled away. Yeah, he's been nibbled. The other one I couldn't resist, and I know this will fire you. Know, you two will laugh at me, um, but you cannot. <laughs> I cannot deny that this guy is playing probably the best golf of his career right now. This this particular individual always has been pretty poor with his approach play. I mean, I'm going to read you out his strokes gained on approach rank since he joined the PGA Tour. 181st, 188th, 185th, 173rd. Now, this year, in this season to date, all of a sudden, he's become 88th in approach category. And believe me, 
The first two tournaments he played this year, he was seriously negative on approach. So this has been a recent thing. All of a sudden, approach play ranks of 30th at the CJ Cup, 21st at the RSM Classic, 15th at the Farmers. And then last week at TPC Scottsdale, he was 9th for strokes gained on approach, 11th for tee to green. Now, I went back through Wyndham's Clark's results all the way back to when he started on the PGA Tour. Those, that's his best ever performance approach play in 120 PGA Tour starts. And that makes him a danger for me because Clark, unbelievably powerful off the tee, plays a fade, and his results here in two years that he's played it, 17th in 2020 and 8th here last year. Sorry, 8th here in 2021. He didn't play it last year. Couldn't get in the field. Mm. Says, he grew up on Poana Greens because he grew up in, I think it was um, Oregon. Loves long golf courses, loves tough golf courses. I love it here at Riviera Country Club. 90 to 1, so I took that. Bet 365 again, eight places each way, each way extra facility. So Wyndham Clark. So I've got Clark at 90 to 1, Bradley at 75s. Spieth, 35s, Burns, 30, Morikawa, 22 to 1. Over to you, Barry. Take it away. Hmm. Well, I, I don't think I need to reiterate, uh, go over any things on Ricky. So just rolling with him. He's paid, you know, he's got me places the last two times I've backed him. Approach game is in great shape. Let's, yeah. uh, let's see what happens. Um, the other one that kind of caught my eye last week was Tyrrell Hatton. I backed him last week, got a place, happy days. Um, he was fourth in strokes gained approach, fourth tee to green. Um, yeah. Just hitting the ball very well. Let's see, can he catch that little bit more fire on the greens? That'll be the difference. He's a caught week with the putter and that would uh, put him right there. So he's 45 to one. I've kind of defaulted to backing or making all my bets recently in the 12 places market just they're available i know it's one ninth the odds but i kind of see the each way returns as a way just to roll you into the next week like we're all trying to catch the win so i'm seeing you know seeing a way to maximize the number of places i can get a return on for that week just to not lose all you know all my bets for the week so Mm. I don't know if it's, I haven't dug into whether it's financially um, the smartest choice to make, but emotionally it feels fantastic, especially when a guy finishes in that eight to 12 kind of range or the ninth to 12th uh, spot. If I had back to many places, I'd be pulling my hair out. So that's where I'm at. Terrell Hatton's 45 to one. And... Debating the Wyndham Clark one, uh, Steve. I, really? Like, My God, yeah. you genuinely shocked me. <laughs> but like, I thought I knew Barry. I thought as soon as I mentioned Wyndham Clark, you're poking fun at me. But if he has a great, if he has a great week off the tee or a solid week off the tee, he's just given himself so many short looks. Yeah, and with the with the approach game going well, like if he can if he can keep those wedges uh, sharp, you never know. We've always known with Clark, he's a Luke List kind of player. And remember Luke List won at Torrey Pines mm. last year? He's the kind of player that's prestigiously long, yeah? Has a great around the green game. 
because he's used to missing lots of greens. And the thing with Clark is he can putt. He, he's a very streaky putter. And driving distance, so far this season sixth, last year fourth. I mean, elite driver in terms of length off the tee. If he's actually hitting far more greens with his approach play, which he is, if he has a good week with that driver and a good week with a putter, he's got to be a factor. This all lifts and butts, but he clearly likes the golf course. It clearly suits his shot shape. He's only played here twice and he's had great results. So, yeah, I, I like Clark. Mm. Um, he was one of those ones where I was trying to persuade myself out of it, but in the end it's like, well, you've got to just do it because it all makes logical sense. Yeah. It really does. So, yeah, um, I'm on Clark. Mm. Um, I've won more over 100. Yeah, just over 100 to 1. Just the, the last three weeks, 11th, 15th, 14th. Played uh, wow. his first time here at the Genesis last year. Finished twenty first. Mm-hmm. Taylor Moore is one hundred and twenty five to one. Yeah, yep. I was I listening like to the Degenerates podcast this morning at six a.m. UK time, and um, Kenny Kim's been putting him as one of his cash king lineup plays for the last couple of weeks. Taylor Moore playing some great stuff. Hmm. No. Absolutely, yeah, I can see that. I've got more as well, Barry. It's uh, yeah, seven thousand two hundred on DraftKings um, is is a great play in my view. Um, given that he's what eleventh, fifteenth, fourteenth over his last three starts and twenty first here on debut last year, I think that's that's, that's a love, lovely little combination for a, a player to to you know to be part of your lineup who uh, could contribute a decent number of uh, decent number of points. I've got two more things to say, and then we'll move on to yours, Paul. A lot yeah, yeah, of our American yeah. listeners won't re- know how well Tour Hatton's playing at the moment because all of his play has been on the DP World Tour. But don't forget, my strokes gain metrics take care of both DP World Tour and PGA Tour events. Mm. He ranks in this field second for off the tee, Tyrrell Hatton, ninth for approach. He's sixth for tee to green. And he's sixth for strokes gained total over the last eight tournaments. Now, just to put that into context in that strokes gained total, John Rahman, Scotty Scheffler tied for first. Finau at three. McElroy is tied with Thomas at four. Hatton is tied with Xander at six. Hatton is 45 to one this week. So that's, that is a cracking value bet right there. The other thing I was going to ask you two is it for me, Tiger sponsors this event, and it was just a superb boost for the PGA Tour to see that Tiger's actually played. Um, for me, it'd be absolutely fantastic to see Tiger make the cut, play all four days, and look in good health. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your, just your views, and then we'll move on. 150 to 1. They'd have some takers at 150 to 1. Mm. What about DraftKings? Was he 7 2? Is in that kind of same bracket as Taylor Moore. It's, I, it's a it's a it's a difficult one because yeah, again, it's you know it's it'd be an emotional bet from an awful lot of people. Um, we've got no idea how he's playing, um, and no real idea how fit he is. But if he's teeing it up, then you'd hope that he's uh, he's fit enough to play. For me, not a bet, but it's um, you know to, to observe. Um, 
because you're not going to be able to fail to observe because it'll be wall-to-wall coverage, won't he, from start to finish or Thursday, yeah. Friday at least. It's, uh, yeah, good to see him back. Really is. You have to think with the lack of golf he's played um, that maybe he is ready to put be able to play four rounds physically or why why would he be doing it otherwise? He, he, yeah, he, I, like, he surely has to, you know, he's very probably very aware that he has a limited number of competitive rounds in him based on where his body's at right now. Maybe his body improves, but there's no mm. point in risking that longevity or whatever longevity has left by just jumping in too early and playing a, a competition, you know, competition. So hopefully, hopefully to see him walking reasonably comfortable, hitting some good shots. If he makes the weekend, fantastic. If he doesn't, so what? Nobody really expected him to, to do anything amazing. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. Right, let's move on to the Thailand Classic on the DP World Tour, Paul. A Martha yeah. Spring Golf uh, Country Club. Yeah, um, just just quickly before we go, I have also backed Max Homer on the um, at Riviera, Riviera, Mr. California, who's won four of his last seven starts in California, which seems like a um, strong enough metric to give him another chance at 20 to 1. I know he's only 20 to 1, but Max is playing some outstanding golf. Winner here, mm. of course. And uh, uh, yeah, in great Nick. Um, you know, not, not as good last week, but we let him off. Give him a chance this week. So yeah, I'm, I'm also on Max. Anyway, yes, let's talk about the Thailand Classic, shall we, as we stay in the East for another week. Um, heading, what, a couple of, well, it's not, it's more than that, a few hundred miles north, I guess. From uh, from Singapore, field of 132 this week. Jordan Smith is the uh, 20 to one favourite. A little bit of 20 to one out there. Not a great deal. He'll be short on that, I expect. Come the start, Nikolai Hogard 20 to one. Bob McIntyre 22. Thorbjorn Olsen 22 to one. Uh, Antoine Rosner 25s. Alexander Bjork. Richard Mansell, Adrian Ategu, 30 to 1 and 35 to 1 bar those top few players. Ball Sports, eight places each way in this standard market this week. That's standout if you are looking across the board at different terms. And of course, as we've been saying, Bet365 have their each way extra proposition running so you can choose 8, 10, 12 places, whatever you want. Whatever way you'd like to play this week, you have an option there with 365. Now, the venue, as Steve mentions, it's Amata Spring in Thailand. It's a 7,505 yard past 72. It's built around a couple of large lakes and a pretty conventional setup with four par threes and four par fives. Well, we've got a real mix of holes in there in terms of length. So the par fives, they vary from uh, 537 yards, so a properly gettable par five. Uh, the longest one is 617, so a three-shotter for much of the field. The par threes, there's a 236-yard par three, so that'll be uh, pretty challenging, I expect. And then we have the 152-yard 17th, which is a floating green. So um, I've described it as a floating green rather than an island green because they can physically move this green around in the lake. Um, it's anchored to the lake. Um, but they can unanchor it and move it based on where they want to place this green um, during the course of the week. So that would be really interesting to see how the, that works with the dynamics of the uh, the tournament. But uh, yeah, that, that's their 
their signature hole here at Amata Spring and uh, their unique selling point, which I'm sure attracts many a visitor over the course of the uh, over the course of the year. Now they've had a recent bunker renovation project here, so the sand traps should be pretty defined and um, fairly challenging, I expect. It's been turfed with paspalum grass from tea to green, so similar to Abu Dhabi and uh, Ras Al Khaimah recently, if you're looking for some correlation in that respect. Now we do have some course form here. You have to go back to the Asian Tour. Five Asian Tour events that were held here between 2011 and 2015. And they have been included in the course stats on the website this week for your reference. Winners were 2011, Lee Westwood at 22 under par. 2012, Charles Schwartz or 25 under par. 2013 was Sergio Garcia, 22 under par. Uh, Westwood won again in 2014, 8 un under. That was a tougher title renewal, that one. Uh, and 2015, the last time they played it, Jamie Donaldson at 21 under par. So in regular conditions, 21, 22, 22, 25 under par. Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia gives you a, a good idea of the type of player potentially. This was always the event that uh, we used to joke about, Steve, where Westwood would just disappear off to uh, to Thailand and, uh, and beat up a relatively weak field and boost his uh, world yeah. ranking I think I can remember Bubba going there regularly, didn't he? Bubba, Henrik Stenson, these kind of guys used to go out yeah, to Thailand. Yeah, if you look through the leaderboards, Justin there was. Rose. Yeah, it's, it, it was it was a world-ranking payday for a few of these guys mm. back in the day, and uh, a few of them used to play it quite regularly. And so, yeah, there was uh, there's five years' worth of data to to peruse. Um, given the weather forecast, I personally expect, uh, yeah, maybe another 20 under. Uh, winning score the first two days there is a bit of wind in the forecast 10 to 15 miles an hour gusting maybe 20 so that might keep a lid on it the first couple of days but over the weekend it looks pretty calm um, it should be really quite receptive there so the weekend scores could be really low um, looks like a bit of a shootout over the weekend so I expect again 20 under would be a good target to get yourself in with a chance of winning on Sunday afternoon uh, there is some data available. There are some stats from those events, uh, which I've summarised again in my preview. A little bit of length helps here by the looks of it. Um, and judging by the basic stats available from the from these events, hitting greens is probably the key stat. Um, you need to avoid the bunkers as well by the looks of it. And, uh, well, you know, you wouldn't put Garcia or Westwood down as the best putters, but when they did win... Their putting stats, the putting average stats were really quite good. So to get to 21, 22, 25 under, you're going to need to make enough birdies on the course of the week. So I don't think you can go there with a cold putter either. Uh, but yeah, primarily hit greens um, and uh, and find your way around from there. Now, I guess the kind of player who can get to 20, 22, 25 under has probably done it in the past. And if you look at the stats or you look at the history of those four winners from those five events. Each one of them had won a previous tournament of some description. In fact, they'd won at least two previous uh, tournaments um, with 20 under totals or better. So those players have got a previous for having done it. Um, that's probably a good starting point as well. Um, you know, Putting that further into context, Donaldson, when he won here in 2015, he made 31 birdies, uh, birdies in total over the course of the week. So... 
what's that birdie conversion of yeah 35 percent 38 percent something like that for donaldson um i think you're going to need to birdie at least one in three holes over the course of the uh, four days here to, uh, to to get yourself in the mix so uh, yeah you can't you can't have a cold putter you're going to need to give yourself lots of looks by hitting lots of greens getting your getting your proximity just about uh, as well as you can get and uh, and take your chances you need to score in the par fives. Donaldson again, he was 12 under for the par fives during the course of the week. There's a few short par fours, sub 400 yard par fours as well. So um, those that uh, you're going to be going in with a very, uh, very short iron and, uh, and need to attack those. So you've got to make hay on the scorable holes, I think. Now of all, all those uh, players, all of those five winners, or the, the four players and the five wins, each of them had a top eight finish in one of their last six starts. So a little bit of uh, current form seems to be a good starting point as well. Uh, Garcia finished second at the Ned Bank the week before. Uh, Schwarzel had also finished second at the Ned Bank the week before. Westwood in 2011 had won the Ned Bank on his penultimate start. So um, you could infer that there's some uh, some Ned Bank, uh, it's that Sun City event, some correlation there. You know, even Jamie Donaldson, he hadn't done it uh, immediately prior to his win, but he does have a runner-up finish at Sun City as well. Could be a complete red herring, but that's another course where I think greens and regulation is the key statistic. It's one to pick out. It's a long course um, and hitting greens... Um, is is the key way to attack that and again Westwood's got a fantastic record there so uh, having won twice here and uh, at least twice at uh, Sun City from memory could be uh, could be a good starting point we shall see uh, but yeah boil it all down birdie making ball strikers it's got to be an angle I think this week get yourself to 20 under um, take your chances on Sunday see what uh, see where it takes you from there um, I'm back five, uh, same as you this week, Steve, five for both of us. Uh, I started my team, near the top of the market, I've started with Antoine Rosner at 25 to 1. Um, if we're talking about greens and regulation being a key stat, then Rosner sat third for the full season last year on that statistic. He's 13th for greens and regulation. Re- can't even say it. Greens and regulation so far this season. And that includes a few poor events too. Um yeah, he's, he's got some some challenging results, but he's also won in Mauritius. Um, he was sixth last week in Singapore, so it's a bit up and down, but uh, his up weeks are the ones that we're looking for in particular. He made 22 birdies last week in his way to sixth place. Uh, seventh for driving accuracy, second for greens in regulation, seventh for strokes gained off the tee, tenth for strokes gained tee to green. The long game is really working well for this. Um. When he won in Mauritius, that was 19 under. Um, he's also got a 25 under win. That was at the Golf in Dubai Championship a couple of years ago. So he can get to these particularly low numbers when conditions suit. Uh, he went for a stretch last week where he made five birdies on the spin. And that was in the second round. I think um, he's scoring well enough to really um, uh, to really make a charge on this week's tournament. So 25 to 1, quite happy to go with him. And backing up Rosner, I've also backed Marcus Helikild this week at 40 to 1. Now he's playing some nice stuff as well. 13th Razel Kaimer, 17th last week in Singapore. And both times it was just one bad round which stopped him from seriously contending. Now last week opened with a 73. Um, and after that, only two players in the field beat his last 54 hole total. One of those was Oki Stradham. 
Um, Marcel Ciem was the other one who beat him. Other than those two, uh, no one beats uh, that final 54-hole total. So if he can eradicate that one bad round, you know, it's always ifs and buts in this game, isn't it? But if he can eradicate that one bad round, put four rounds together, then he's going to come close to winning that maiden DP World Tour title, which I really think is uh, is quite possible for Marcus. Uh, fourth at the ISPS Hand World Invitational last year. That's the best he's done so far at this level. He did play those two co-sanctioned PGA Tour events as well last year, 8th and 13th over at the Barracuda and the um, Barbasol. So, you know, that's decent enough form in this company. And he's got a couple of wins in the Challenge Tour at 23 and 25 under par, so he can go low. Shot 61 and a 62 on the way to the victories um, at those two events. So... I don't think the low scoring this week will put him off whatsoever. So Heli Kilds in, um, also like Andy Sullivan and a birdie, t- a birdie fest, um, 55 to 1. I picked him up yesterday um, with eight places each way. Now, Sullivan, he's right in the mix last week, wasn't he, for the first couple of rounds. Shot 69, then a 65 to get himself into that penultimate group going into the final two rounds. And it just didn't work from there. He trod water for the rest of the uh, the rest of the weekend. 17th overall, but some really positive signs up to that point. And we know that he absolutely loves these low-scoring birdie fest tournaments. Uh, 27 under, he won at Hanbury Manor. You remember seven shots. He was better than the field that week. Um, he absolutely lapped the field of Villamora as well when he shot 23 under to win there a few years back. So when he plays well, when when Andy Sullivan is playing his best golf, he can absolutely walk these low-scoring events. So let's hope that's going to be the order of the day this week as well for Andy. 17th also at Abu Dhabi. That was in far better company than this week. Second for strokes game putting that week. Um third place finish to his name and the Ned Bank as well if um, if you had any credence to that in the past so yeah it all seemed to add up nicely for Andy Sullivan let's hope he can have a good week um, let's hope Shabanka Sharma can have a good week as well back to him at 70 to 1 a little bit of uh, nibbling going on he's back into 66s but uh, it's still a good price I think it's been a bit up and down um, talented Indian over the last uh, last year or so second last year at Abu Dhabi um, and that was again in really good company led strokes game putting there on the pass Um but what did he make 14 I noted in my preview missed cuts followed that over the next few months with just the odd paycheck here and there. So his form can drop completely off a cliff after that uh, Abu Dhabi um, result last year. Um, then found something at the back end of the year. Third at the Ned Bank. Um, keeps popping up this Ned Bank link, so let's hope it's right. Seventh um, to start this year in Abu Dhabi. Um, and then 12th in his last start at the Saudi International. Now, that Saudi International was the one where the uh, the live boys all depend, uh, descended uh, upon it. So... Um, it was a decent quality field. Uh, and yeah, he finished 12th there on his last start. So in some decent form, I think, Shabanka Sharma. He's won at 20 and 24 under on the Indian Tour. Um, you remember he won the Joburg Open um, on the DP World Tour. Um, 23 under that was. Maybank Championship he won as well on this at this level, 21 under. Uh, so he can get low enough, I think, to contend here. Um, and has got a little bit of practical form here. He played this as a teenager back in 2015. Didn't miss the cut narrowly. Much, much better player now, Shabanka Sharma. Uh, and finally, I've also taken a punt on Clemence Sordet, the Frenchman, 100-1. to 1. 
Uh, finished second here to Jamie Donson back in 2015. So he is one of the few players in this week's field that does have some positive course form. Uh, 24 birdies he made last week in Singapore. Uh, tied for 30th overall, but that uh, 24 birdie total was second to Ryan Fox in the field. No one else got any better than that. So he's seen the ball drop far more often than many of his compatriots. And I think when you're going to a birdie fest like this, going to a low scoring event, if you're feeling that birdies are relatively easy to make, um, then that's a really good starting point just needs to get rid of some of the some of the uh, mistakes there were far too many last week but uh, perhaps this will be a little bit more forgiven we'll sort of see best effort second in, in Oman back in 2019 second at the South African Open in December so uh, you know I don't think a win's far away for for Sorde who has won five times on the challenge tour two of them come at 20 under or deeper so again he ticks that box for me where you've got some previous of having won a tournament um, with a resort level winning score. So let's hope after I've gone down this route that we don't end up with the polar opposite like we did last week and it ends up being a three over technical tournament. <laughs> I really hope not. Anyway, they're my five. Clemens Sorday, Sharma, Andy Sullivan, Marcus Helligkild and Antoine Rosner. Anyone catch your eye this week, Barry? <laughs> Sorry, just coughing off mic. Um, just a couple of like punts. I haven't done much research. Just grab what kind of jumps off the page. So def- definitely don't follow. Um, I've gone for Jeff Winter. Okay. Yeah. Who, who had 20, 23rd last week, made 19 birdies, um, 17th four weeks ago. So 90 to 1, take the full 12 places, see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And then I just I couldn't resist backing Tong Chai JD. Yeah, he's a long price, isn't he? Yeah, 150 to 1, 12 places. Just like he has what in the just looking at the um combi stats here, he's 17th, 10th, 6th, and 30th were his last four um event, you know, last four times at this event on this course. So mm-hmm. yeah. Can't can't ignore it. He was seventeenth last week, twelfth a couple four four weeks ago. So give it a run. He could yeah. he could ease it wouldn't wouldn't shock me or anybody, I don't think, if he popped into like the top fifteen, twenty. So if you can sneak into twelve, happy days. Roll back the years. Could do. Yeah. So that that's as far as I'm going with this. Couple of flyers and see where see where that lands me. See what see where it takes you. Very good. Steve, any any catch your eye? I might as well sneak, uh, stick with Schneider. 35 to 1. 35s with 3658 places each way, each way extra. Mm. The one also that jumped to my mind, <clears throat> I just looked at Jamie Donaldson and where Jamie Donaldson had won. Yeah. I think he'd, he'd won the Czech Masters. He's all, he'd also won Abu Dhabi. The old course before they moved to this Lynx course they play now. Yeah, you look at that. You look at those Abu Dhabi leaderboards. Lee Westwood all over them. Yeah, a lot of players here that have done well in that Thailand Championship. Yeah. The one name that just jumped out at me on a leaderboard, and I've dug into it, and he's he seems to have got results at courses you're mentioning, like Nedbank as well. 
Done well in Czech Masters. He's done well in Abu Dhabi. Jason Scrivener. So I'm going to put him up at 40 to 1, eight places each way with Bet365. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems to be in good nick, Scrivener. Yeah. Second at the Australian PGA. 18th at the Australian Open. Seventh in Abu Dhabi. And then 59th the other week at um, Dubai. So he's, he's playing good golf. Yeah, he's well capable. I vaguely remember him winning the tournament by an absolute mile as well. And again, going to these low-scoring events, that's not a yeah. bad bad position to be in. I'm seeing decent finishes in Hong Kong as well, so he clearly gets on with this kind of part of the world. Mm. He's had a third there and another top five in the Hong Kong. I mean, I'm not suggesting that Hong Kong goal course is anything like this, because it isn't. But it's just, the, it's just the you know yeah. those global climbs, the humidity, the grasses, the temperature. So yeah, Jason Scribble. Very good. Is that us? Are we done? I believe so, yeah. Best of luck, boys. You too, lads. Best of luck to you, chaps. Best of luck to the listeners. Uh, Honda Swing next week. Uh, the Honda... <laughs> the Florida Swing next week. The Honda Classic, I believe. That'll be a yeah, bit of a... Uh, Bit of a different lineup, I think, to what we've been used to the last couple of weeks. Mm. But yeah, Masters not too far away. Um, I hope that your bets go well. And we will be back next week for another Golf Betting System podcast. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved all the stats and the tips and so much more cause it's the golf betting system the golf 